Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Well, we're going through this great book of Ruth. Just a great book. And so, just in case you haven't been here or forgotten, let me just kind of do a quick summary to bring you up to speed. So, a family moves from Bethlehem to Moab because there's a famine in the land. Everything's going bad. There's a husband, a wife, two boys. They leave. While they're in Moab, the two boys marry two women. Things get better in Bethlehem. But in the meantime, before they can move back, the father dies and the two boys die. So all that's left is a widow and two daughter-in-laws. The widow, Naomi, says, I'm going back to Bethlehem. You two girls can go back to your country. Just stay here. You'll do better there. You'll at least have family that can take care of you. You'll have a future. You come with me. I'm not sure how much of a future you're going to have. One of them leaves. The other one, Ruth, says, no, I'm staying with you. Where you go, I'll go. When you die, I'll die. Your God will be my God. And so they come back to Bethlehem. Naomi comes back bitter. God has taken this from me. I'm in this place. I'm not happy. So Ruth one day decides we need to go get some food. So she goes out into a field to glean or to pick up the leftovers that are left in that field. And while she's there, and the Bible says it just so happens that she ends up in the field of Boaz. Boaz notices her because she's industrious. She's worked hard. She's not the normal people that are there. He asks who she is. He treats her nicely. He says, you stay with these people. We'll protect you. We'll take care of you. And Ruth gets a great haul of food and takes it all back home. And he went, wow, where'd you get all this when she goes back? And then we go, this is wonderful. This is great. And Ruth says, well, not only that, he told me to stay with him during this season and this season. So for the next four months, as these seasons come and go and harvest comes and goes, I'm, I'm invited in. And they're rejoicing. And now we come to chapter three. It begins with a wise plan. A wise plan. Verse one, chapter three. One day, Naomi said to Ruth. Now, this has to be uh, four months or so, at least, maybe a little longer. My daughter, it is time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. I care about you. The time has come. It's time. Have you ever noticed in life, timing's everything? It's time. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now, what they did was they would go take the barley out of the field. They would take it to the threshing floor, which is usually outside of their little community there. It would be in a big rock or in a very hard spot in the ground. They would beat it so all the seeds would come out. And they would try to keep it a little elevated because once the seeds came out, so did part of the barley, the flax come out with it. And so they would do that. They would throw it up in the air. The chaff, as it's called, would be blown away and all that would be left is the seeds. And that's how they separate. So they tried to pick a kind of windy spot where the wind was blowing and where that would be taken care of. And so she says, look, tonight they're going to be doing this. It's, It's time. It's that part of season. So now do as I tell you. How do you like it when somebody says that to you? 
Just do what I tell you. Take a bath. Now, if they tell you that, there's something really wrong, isn't there? (laughs) Take a bath, put on perfume, and dress in your nicest clothes. What's being implied here is I want you to dress as if you're a bride preparing for a wedding. Put on your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Now, after you finish working all day and eating, what do you want to do next? Sleep. I mean, if there's nothing on Sports Center, you want to sleep. But, okay, so, so you want to go sleep. And so she said, notice where he lies down and go and uncover his feet and lie down there and then he'll tell you what to do. What? Get all dressed up. When the guy lays down, uncover his feet and lay down right there. Yeah, Right. But that was the custom. When you uncover his feet, what's going to happen at some point in time? Your feet are going to get cold. You're going to wake up. Ruth says, I will do everything you tell me to do. Do you understand that God always has a plan? And that you and I have a responsibility in that plan. But too many times what happens is we want God to do it all and we don't want to do our part. And you've heard me say it over and over again. If we'll do our part, God will do his. And so Naomi's given Ruth some very specific directions. Cleanse yourself, bathe yourself, put on perfume, put on your nicest clothes. She doesn't waltz in like a prima donna. She doesn't just come, here I am. Look at me, I'm dressed to the nines, you know. I'm, I'm looking pretty good here. She doesn't go that way. She said, wait until it's dark when nobody can see you. Well, then why did I get all dressed up? And you go there and you do what I tell you to do. She had to humble herself, didn't she? She had to listen. Now, typology in the Bible is very interesting. And we have pictures and you can't take it too far. But in this case, Naomi is a type of Holy Spirit. And Ruth is us, the bride. And how many of you understand that the Holy Spirit has a way of telling you how to approach the groom? The groom is Boaz, by the way type of Christ. And so she's listening. Now, this is the great response. This shows her character once again. What does she say? I will do everything you say. Wow. She humbles herself. She goes to that place. She does what's there. And she's given specific instructions. Here's what I want you to do. And not only that, you do this and you just wait because he's going to tell you what to do. Are you sure of that? How many of you ever had God ask you to do something and you got more questions than anything else? She obeyed. So that's the first part. A wise plan. Here's what I want you to do. Here's how this is going to work. Obey it. Do your part. Listen to me. And if you'll do what I tell you to do, things are going to work out. Isn't that just the way with God? Yes, it is. Secondly, a woman wanting an answer. Now, we all know what goes on when a woman wants an answer, don't we? Okay, and that's what this next section is about. So, verse 6. So, 
she goes down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. And after Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Now, this was not unusual because when they were doing the threshing, when all of that was happening, they had to stay and guard the seed because the thieves would come in and help themselves to it and take it away. It was an all-day process. You started early in the morning. You went to late at night. You wanted this all done. And while it was going, you piled it up. But you had to stay there with it to guard it. And so that's what he was doing. He, he was in the process of taking care of his stuff. He wasn't the only one there. And so he goes down, he goes and goes to sleep. Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Now, if that's me, you know, you, we're laying there waiting, aren't we? Okay, something's going to happen now, right? Around midnight. Midnight, are you kidding me? How many hours? Two, three, four? That's a long time, isn't it? How many of you understand that when you want something for God, you sometimes have to wait? Now, let me rephrase that. You want something from God, you usually always have to wait, don't you? Yeah. So she does what she's told to do. She, she goes and lays at his feet, and around midnight, suddenly, Boaz wakes up and turns over. And he was a surprised, astonished to find a woman laying at his feet. Not the first time that it happened in the Bible. Now, there was a time when Adam went to sleep and woke up having had surgery and married. Imagine his surprise when he came to. Right? There's this guy by the name of Jacob who loved this lady very much and had the wedding and had the night. Woke up the next morning and goes... You're not the person I was going to marry. And he had been deceived. And so he's surprised, as we all would be. Who are you? He asked. I am your servant, Ruth. Notice, she's not the Moabite. This is a big change. She calls herself something different. I am your servant. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. Now, I mentioned it last week. I can, I'll mention it again. Uh, Wayne and I were talking before service, and he had asked me what I was doing tonight, and I explained it to him. And he, he said his wife's teaching a Bible study to the people over in Thailand, and they love this book because it relates to their culture. They still do these things today. This is a way of declare your intentions. In essence, what, what Ruth is saying, she's saying this, you know, this is who I am. I'm Ruth. This is who you are. What are you going to do about it? You're the redeemer. What are you going to do? You're the one responsible. How are you going to handle things? Good question, right? Now, it's not replied that way in Scripture, but that's what she's saying. Throw your cover over me. Declare your intentions. Tell me what you're going to do. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. 
And you know, what, what are you going to do about all of this? How are you going to handle this? We got any questions? Okay, good. A willing redeemer. A willing redeemer. Notice this. This is just wonderful. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, rather rich or poor. She did not choose someone handsome. She did not choose someone wealthy. She chose family. Respectful. Lord bless you. You know, you're doing the honorable thing. You're doing the right thing. Now you see, the world wouldn't think that's the right thing. The world would say, marry for money, right? Make sure your future's secure. That's what we do in our culture. You know, everybody get an education. Don't get married. Make sure your future, blah, blah, blah. He says, look, you've done the right thing. You're more noble than anybody can understand. You've been loyal through this whole process. You are to be respected and admired. Now, don't worry about a thing. My daughter, here it is again. I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you're a virtuous woman. That's called a good reputation, isn't it? It's called living a life that... Because here's what we understand. People are noticing how you live. They may not ever say anything to you. They might not ever compliment you on it. They might even make fun of you for it. But they notice. And don't think for a moment that you're living a solitary life where nobody watches you. Someone's always watching you. And that's what he says. He says, you've earned a great reputation. You've been loyal. Everybody knows it. You're the talk of the town in a positive way. But while it's true that I'm one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. I believe last week somebody asked about why didn't Boaz step up and do this? Well, we've now seen two reasons why he hasn't initiated things earlier. First of all, I thought you would go off to someone younger, more handsome, more wealthy. Second of all, I'm not next in line. You see, it wasn't just any family member that can redeem. There was an order to it. It's this person's the closest relative. If this person doesn't do it, then it's next in line. So there's an order, and Boaz is saying, look, you know, I'm, I'm true. I'm one of your redeemers. I am in line here, but I am not the one who is first. There's another one that is closer to you. So you stay here tonight. In other words, don't go try to go back into the town, man. It's dark out, and it's not safe for you to do that. In the morning, I will talk to him, and if he is willing to redeem you very well, let him marry you. It's his call. It's his choice. But if he's not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, 
I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until the morning. Stay put. So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning. She got up before the sun came up when it was still dark enough that no one could see who she was. And Boaz said, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. I don't want them talking negatively about you. It's one of those things you'd like to tell all the teenagers upstairs. If a man cares for you, he's going to protect your reputation. And that's what he's doing here. She could have married for love. She could have married for money. She chose family. Okay. Waiting with confidence. Waiting with confidence. Verse 15. Then Boaz said to her, bring your cloak, spread it out. And he measured six scoops of barley into the cloak and placed it on her back. And then he returned to the town. You see, it's a smart guy who sends a gift to maybe your future mother-in-law. It's a guy who's going to take care of you. I want to make sure you're eating. I want to make sure I'll take care of you. I'm going to do this. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi, Naomi's probably standing at the door. I don't know about you, but I remember back when I was a kid, I'd come home at night, and the worst thing in the world that would happen to me is my mother be standing there in the door. And it was, come on, sit down and talk to me. I'm going, oh, no. Tell me everything. For us guys, everything takes 30 seconds, if that long. But that wasn't enough. Anyway, I digress. That's my my issues I have to still deal with. Okay. So, you know, she said, what happened, my daughter? Tell me, tell me everything. You know, so Ruth tells Naomi everything that Boaz did. He, she gives her a, you know how, you know, this probably took hours. If it's two women talking like this, you know, I mean, it's, it's every little detail, you know, his little toe moved here and then this happened here. And then I noticed this and this happened and, you know, he looks so nice in the moonlight. Okay. So, you know, and she added, he gave me these six scoops of barley and said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. He thought about you. And Naomi's heart had to go, oh, what a nice guy. Right? Yeah. Naomi said to her, great words here, don't miss this. Just be patient, my daughter. Until we hear what happens, the man won't rest until he settled things today. You had to know that that household was on edge. Because we all know the hardest thing in the world for us to do when we're going through something or waiting for something is to wait. I mean, it used to be we waited a long time for stuff. Now with Amazon, next day. And then we're still waiting, aren't we? Well, it's not here yet. It should have been here by now. Patience is a hard thing for us, isn't it? 
Confidence is a difficult issue for us of trusting somebody else. And yet Naomi says to Ruth, look, don't worry about it. He's going to do it. He'll take care of it. And he'll take care of you. Don't fret. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. Easy to say, hard to do. And yet, isn't that how God so many times deals with us? He's done everything, and yet he still at times causes us, has us to wait. He says, I'm going to take care of it all for you. I'm the one who can redeem you. I'm the one who will provide for you. I'm the one who's going to settle the score. I'm the one who's going to come again for you. I'm the one who's going to take you to be with me always. Just be patient until we see what happens. God won't rest until he's settled everything. Boy, if we could just tuck that in here, huh? That when we find ourselves going through difficult times, to understand that God is working for us even when we don't see it. There's a willing redeemer. Boy, says, I'm willing. I'll do this. I'll take care of it. In the morning, I'm going to go. I'm going to settle this. We'll get something done. It's going to happen. Naomi doesn't go to Ruth. Go out and check on him to make sure he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Go out and send somebody to make sure he does it and tell him to do it right away. She just, it'll be okay. Come on in. Let's have some breakfast. He's going to do it. And many times in our lives and our walk with God, we are faced with circumstances and situations that are unsettling and that we're anxious about. And rightfully so. And all we can do is wait. But when you're waiting, you're doing something. You must not hurt me. When you're waiting, you're doing something because you're confident that God will keep his word and he will do everything he has promised. It's hard to take your hands off of it, isn't it? Have you ever had God tell you to wait and you didn't? Boy, I have. And I made a mess of stuff. Because I couldn't wait. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. God's at work. Well, but what if he doesn't do what I want him to do? He's at work. He'll always do what's right. Even when we don't think it is, it is. And I have to trust him 
in his timing, in his ways, in how he does things. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Are you certain of that? If you're not certain, you don't wait. If you're certain, you can wait. You can patiently wait. You know that God's going to be faithful. Hebrews 10. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all that he has promised. That's a promise. So here's this great story. This Ruth, the bride, obedient, doing what she was told to do, willing to humble herself, willing to put herself in a position. And a man who says, I'm willing, I'll take care of it. And a mother-in-law says, his word is good. Trust it. We serve a God whose word is good. Trust it. Trust it. So before I dismiss, what is there going on in your life now that you're having to wait for? It might be you've been praying for somebody for a long time and it's not happening. It might be there's some financial things going on and you know God's gonna help, but it's just not moving fast enough. It might be a work situation. It might be a whole host of things. Would you, before we go, take a moment between you and God and say, God, I trust you. I believe you're at work and I will be confident in what you're going to do. Help me to wait patiently. Do you do that right now? Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.